movie marks. On IMDb, there are over 50 films with lockdown in the title. Lucky for us, today's film decided to change their title to stand out. Unfortunately, they decided to do it and not tell anyone involved in the production. So that's definitely a sign of quality. <laughs> we're the movie marks, and today we're grappling with COVID-19, colon, Invasion, starring Kevin Nash. Welcome to the Movie Marks, the podcast where we discuss movies starring professional wrestlers who act like amateurs. I'm Chris Sacco, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the Ron Simmons to my Butch Reed, Chris Kramer. Ooh, love that one. I'm a big fan of Doom. Yeah, Doom. Uh, so I picked it for a few reasons. One, Doom is a sort of a forgotten gem of a tag team. They wore masks for a while, which made no sense. Then they took the masks off, and they kind of dominated the tag division for a while. Really kind of a fun team. My favorite thing about Doom was the fact that their action figure was based off photos that they took when they were mad, so they're they're wearing sweatpants for no reason. <laughs> and that is a Doom fact I did not know. So Yeah, the, 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 the WCW LJN style figures, the Ron Simmons is wearing sweatpants and sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> like they just caught him coming out of the gym yeah like they were like hey we need to take these photos and i ain't putting that shit back on okay well now this is your figure <laughs> <laughs> the uh the other reason I, i'm highlighting dune here is because their manager was of course teddy long longtime referee <laughs> and and partial gm for a good chunk of his career and for some reason teddy long has blocked our show on social media so uh, yes I figured this was a good way to talk, and I don't know if Teddy's a listener, but if if you are Teddy, just come on our show. Why did you block us? We've never we we like you. We like most of your teams, your GM stuff. I I don't get it. You know, if he comes on, what's going to happen? What's that? We're going to have to go one on one with the Undertaker, <laughs> the Undertaker, who was in a team he also managed, which we've highlighted on our show before. Teddy Long managed the skyscrapers, of course. So, um. Kramer, before I hand it off to you for our pandemic-filled extravaganza, we have some uh, listener feedback into the Movie Marks toll-free hotline. And this is Scott writing in on... Do you remember our episode on the uh, the classic romantic comedy question mark, Chokeslam? Oh, yes, yes. One of our favorite Canadian films. Yeah, it's a, sort of a, one of the weirdest things we, we've covered on our show. And uh, Scott has something of, of a sincere question, which we don't get too much, and we always appreciate those, because pushing, pushing the dialogue forward. He wants to know why people like Chelsea Green, who we did say was pretty good in Chokeslam, why they haven't gotten more work in sort of this low-budget arena. And, and it's a fair question, I, I don't really because I don't really know how this works for Mark filmmakers who just grab random acting talent. Do we think Chelsea Green is being selective? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know how this works. I think it's she. She limited her options by leaving Canada. I feel like if you live in Canada, <laughs> you're a Canadian wrestler. You get a lot of work on film and TV. It is weird. You would think they would be in more because most wrestlers are based out of like entertainment areas, like Florida or California. Yeah, and especially, I mean, she's been injured a lot, so she has she can't work a lot. Um, I can't imagine. I mean, it's different now, I guess, but. Most people who get into this 
do it to get into something else anyway. And even someone like The Rock. I mean, he was basically, it was the family business that he was just using to do other stuff until yeah. it hit. So it's an odd thing, and especially since so many of these filmmakers, I mean, we're going to talk about a movie today where they're just so thirsty to have any kind of name recognition. You'd think that someone like a Chelsea Green could get pushed as a star of a film. Well, we'll put her at the top of our list for when we make, finally branch out into our production studios. Uh, fair enough. We'll, we'll, and we'll, I guess we're going to have to put Teddy Long in there, too, just to squash that well, beef that's a, that we that's have. that's a make good, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what we did. I'm, I'm not in charge of the social media. I'll have to take that to the uh, you and the intern. <laughs> I don't even that. know what I did, and I run the social media. <laughs> All righty, Kramer, tell us, uh, tell us about uh, Lockdown slash the other title of this one. All right. So our film today is COVID-19 colon invasion or lockdown, depending if you start watching it on Tubi and think you put on the wrong film. <laughs> the the poster art, the title, everything for this movie is COVID-19 invasion, but the title card is for lockdown. So, <laughs> yeah, I think the actual title is lockdown. That's not none of their like production on, on like posters or anything. Definitely not, and neither title makes any sense, so it doesn't really matter, but... <laughs> nope. Well, our film is directed by Mika Lyons, um, directed a few micro-budget movies, nothing fun, so there's not even nothing to talk about. He's not, He doesn't have anything like a busty vampire clown invasion or <laughs> extreme cyborgs from Mars, none of those fun titles you get. <laughs> the production company is Uncorked Entertainment, it's... Oh, a liquor store, I assume, that just backed this thing. It's great. It's like, it's like a classy, like they feel like a wine pour at the beginning, and then the movie's about, you know, <laughs> hunting people yeah. during a pandemic. It's great. <laughs> I looked it up. I thought this had to be like Nash's own production company because he's a big wine guy, but right. it's not. It just, it was just meant to be. We get uh, a little blurb on the screen. We open up with it is October twelfth, twenty thirty five. The world population is down to 29 million people. That sure. is that is remarkably <laughs> low. And did that say 2035? It sure did. We got COVID-19 in 2035 still. That this is shot and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That doesn't make any sense. No, both of these all of the numbers right now feel like they pulled them out of their ass. The 2035, 29 million people. Like even that just sounds like random. It's random. It's I mean that's like whatever, like a ninth of the world's population. So that doesn't even I mean, what? And the the year thing doesn't make any sense either. Even in in the internal logic of the film it doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, I, we'll probably get to it more as we go along, but I have no concept of what level of apocalyptic world this movie is trying to do. Yes, it play, it plays very fast and loose with that, for sure. So we, we'll get around to that a little bit more as we get in. Uh, we open on a woman being chased through the woods by a GMC pickup that I'm sure GMC did not pay for this placement. <laughs> Uh, she stops running because, I don't know, she just gave up. I don't even, she just kind of stopped. I don't even know how this truck's driving through the woods. It's a giant truck. <laughs> uh, she turns around, a man exits this truck, and it is Big Daddy, Kevin Nash. Yep. And he is probably not going to be a good guy in this film. I got a feeling right now. <laughs> um, the girl yells that she is not sick and then proceeds to let out the most acting level cough 
to like show illness. Yeah. She came out real like, I am not sick. <laughs> she couldn't even hold that in for a few more minutes because she might have been okay. Uh, Nash proceeds to shoot her with a shotgun, smash to the title screen, lockdown. Should should you describe what Nash looks like in this one? He looks like he showed up with his own clothes and his own truck. He just has a his standard buzz cut hair, a t shirt, and some pants. Yeah, he's also got like a like an out of control kind of first stage of Santa beard, which either was <laughs> just what he was rocking that month, or they told him like look scraggly. Yeah, I th- that could have been like they had no idea he showed up and he's they asked him to shave and he was just like, nah, man. <laughs> so we have just established that we are going to be shooting people that have light coughs in this film yep as you do i mean it's how rude is it just call, cover your mouth no one's covering their mouth yeah we're gonna talk about that too yeah <laughs> for sure now we cut to a woman and a man walking through the woods with some of the worst bizarre acoustic rock going on over it it's like weird, like jams about taking care of each other and being friends and whatnot. <laughs> uh, they went grocery shopping or scavenging. Again, I can't tell what this world is. Like, yeah, they have like a bag of supplies, but it, it's did they go to a store? Because they're in shopping bags. Yeah, they have shopping bags. They're talking like they found it like they're like oh what do we get today like they didn't know what they got like are they just handing out random bags of groceries yeah it's it's awfully confusing uh we get some great jokes like what do you call a fake noodle impasta (laughs) so i hope this isn't the hero of our film our lead because i hate this man already they 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 want us to see these people as like super duper cute and it was just really annoying Oh, it was the worst. Uh, lucky for us, this is this this nonsense is interrupted by a man that wants their groceries who snuck up on them somehow. People get snuck up upon a lot in this movie in ways that do not make physical sense. <laughs> and, and especially because we're going to find out that uh, this male lead is some kind of ex-special trooper. Maybe. I don't know. They say he is. Sure doesn't act like one at any point. That, that all, I mean, again, it doesn't make sense. In terms of the timeline of the film, too, right? But, okay. Yeah. So this guy gets a drop on him. He wants the groceries. Um, dad joke gets gets to flip on him. He's going he's gonna to not let him take his groceries, but then he looks off to the side, and there is a five-year-old child standing in the woods staring at them. <laughs> so he lets the man with the gun take their groceries because he has a child. Now, couldn't he just go to the store... I, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, this is the point. Like, are there are scavengers? Are there real people? At one point, they receive mail in this movie, so this stuff is not like that bad. Yeah, it's it's all very like because they also. I mean, you, you talk about the population thing. If that was the world population, everyone would be really scattered, right? Like everyone. Would... Yeah. But they talk about how like they know where other people are at all times. Like, there's connective tissue in terms of family and stuff. It just. They have not established the society on any level. So I don't know if this is a walking dead. We got to go out and get stuff situation or if there's some infrastructure still in place. It's really loosey goosey. Well, now we jump over to the big Kev hideout where uh, (laughs) him and the rest of his bearded large friends are sitting around evenly spaced. 
observing social distancing and wearing masks. Well, some of them are wearing masks. <laughs> well, majority of them. There's also a Confederate flag hanging up for I'm not sure what reason. Yeah, they. I have to imagine they were trying to establish that we're not supposed to like these people, but that's my hope at least. Uh, yeah, it's whatever's going on here is something. Yeah. Uh, we find out that Kevin's character is Rex, so okay. <laughs> sure. 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 Um, Kev has a plan. We're not really sure on what this plan just is yet. Uh, there's one gentleman named Harley who is not not a big fan of this plan. Uh, he mouths off the Kev, threatens to leave. You would think that he would then get murdered, as any movie with a bad guy would do. But Kev just kind of punches him once and tells him he's allowed to go. Yeah, and then we never see him again, so... Nope. <laughs> Harley leaves. Yep. Um, so, Rex... I'm just going to call him Kev, because that's all we know him as. And frankly, it's the only character's name in this movie I remember. <laughs> uh, he now has put his two sons... He has two sons. Remember when I'm saying two sons here? <laughs> he has two sons, and he puts one of them in charge to go find Hap. We need Hap for this plan. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Sure. So the one son, he makes his way out to the house from earlier, and we find out that our dad joke guy is Hap. Now, if you look on IMDb, he is listed as Dean, and at no point is ever called Dean in this film. Is he really? Sure is. Wow. Did not know that. Cool. I just learned something. No. Even his wife calls him Hap. Yeah. <laughs> they call him Happy, too, so I guess that's, is, is his name Happy? I don't Happy Dean? I don't know. IMDb <laughs> says the character's name is Dean. Happy Dean. That sounds like like one of those lesser characters on like laughing. Happy Dean. Yeah. Or it sounds like a solid early nineties job guy. Yeah, yeah, I could yeah, definitely. That's someone uh uh big Kev squashed when he was Oz. So his Kev's son goes, he meets Hap, and he tells him the plan. This plan is ridiculous. What is happening? <laughs> Evidently, in order to stop the spread of COVID-19, we have decided we are going to go to the schoolhouse in town where all of the homeless are living and doing drugs and having sex with each other, and we're going to eradicate the homeless. This is an amazing premise for this movie. Um, like, like, top five movie premise of all time. <laughs> what is going on? This just feels like Rex and his kids... Just kind of never liked homeless people, and now they're like, you know what? We're going to make do something about it, finally. Yeah, we're going to go hunt the homeless. This movie is trying to say a few things that I am not comfortable with. But what is it saying? So it already established that it's 2035, right? So that means COVID-19 has been happening for 15 years. So now their plan is to go kill the whatever two or three dozen homeless people. And that's yes. going to stop COVID-19? Why didn't they if do we, this 14 years ago? If we kill this roughly 20 homeless people in this school, <laughs> we will have ended COVID-19. <laughs> Why did they wait 14 years? I just don't get it. If that was all that was holding the world back, they could have done it years ago. This is so <laughs> wild. Uh, Hap, uh, Hap's not in on this plan. Uh, he doesn't want anything to do with it. Uh, and Kev's kid tells him, well, if you're not going to be part of this, stay out of this. And obviously this is a movie, so he will not be staying out of this. 
we don't get to know why Rex needed Hap. We don't get to know what their relationship is, how they know each other. What sort? Because Hap seems like like a nice guy, and these people seem evil. So why do they know each other? We we don't ever see uh, Rex and Hap interacting. There's no flashbacks to their time in the service. There's, none of this stuff is paid off. It's just like random people bumping into each other. Like we couldn't even get the lazy Photoshop of like Rex and Hap together. Yeah, just. Where, you know, those good ones where these movies do it, where it doesn't even look like the same camera took the two pictures. Yes, I, I love those. Those are great. Those are my, <laughs> it's my favorite thing in movies. All right. So, uh, Rex's son calls, lets Kev know. I mean, Rex. Should I call him Kev or Rex? Am I going to confuse everybody? Well, I mean, spoilers. You're not going to have to call him anything <laughs> for, for long. So, do whatever you want. So, all right. Rex, Rex's son calls him up, lets him know that Hap's not in on the plan, but this is his time. He's going to take control of this plan and do it. Rex is apprehensive, but he says, okay, turns on his truck and drives out of the film. Yep. So Kevin Nash has <laughs> exited our movie. Thank you, Kramer. Uh, just going to spoil it for the listeners. Uh, Kevin Nash in this less than Sergeant Slaughter was in Bad Guys. <laughs> That's that, that. That is accurate. And who is the only name and face on the box for this? I mean, it's it's Kevin Nash, but honestly, you, you got to start screening these. But just from a, a storyline perspective, I mean, obviously the movie couldn't afford Kevin Nash, so they just it's a day's work for him. But it's so dumb that he, this is his master plan, and he's just like, you know what? I'm not going to do anything. Why? Why would you? Why even make that the character? Then I don't get it. It wasn't really like, oh wait, Hap doesn't want to go. Well, I don't want to do it either. Then. But even before Hap said he didn't want to go, he basically handed it off to the kid anyway. So I just don't get this. I love the fact that Kevin Nash pulled up in his truck, said, film me sitting in my truck, and then just drove off. I'm pretty sure it's how this went down. <laughs> I don't think he ever got out of the truck for this. <laughs> so we also now have uh, Hap. Uh, he's He's got a little bit of problem because we find out that evidently his sister is homeless and lives in this school also. Yeah, sure. I guess to make it a little bit more of like a reason he has to go there. He also wakes up in the middle of the night to read the Bible. So this might be one of our Christian movies that we've done. That scene took years off the end of my life. <laughs> he it, they, he wakes up and stares at a book and then stares off into space. Then the wife wakes up and she stares with him. Then she kisses his shoulder for a while. It's like a six and a half minute scene <laughs> that nothing occurs. There's no dialogue, nothing. Uh, there is one line of dialogue, and that is when the wife says, why did God make you such a good man? <laughs> uh, I, I ask myself that a lot. <laughs> Every day I look in the mirror and I say that. <laughs> <sighs> so here's what's kind of fucked up right now. I watched this movie on Tubi. Did you watch it on Tubi? I did, Kramer. I did. Okay. It goes to ads right now. Yeah. And... Ads go on. I zone out for a minute. And all of a sudden, Jeff Bridges is on my TV. <laughs> in full gruff mountain man Jeff Bridges that he's been for the past, you know, decades. Walking through the wilderness talking about having to improve his antibodies. <laughs> I thought this was the same movie for a oh, minute. Oh, <laughs> you thought Bridges had snuck in? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's the same movie. We're talking about COVID and antibodies all of a sudden. <laughs> Um, I did not get, I wonder how targeted these ads are. I did not get any Bridges stuff. I will say, though, I, this might be the first time I've ever watched something on Tubi all the way through. And the ads are long. 
They're not like yeah. 20 second YouTube ads. You have to periodically, you stop for a good two and a half, three minutes. Well, yeah, a lot of them are like those ads for assorted like prescriptions that have that have all of the shit at the end about what's like <laughs> the side effects are. <laughs> uh, so we get back to the movie. We, we, we got our we got our dude break out of the way. <laughs> I didn't get a dude break. Well, you, you would have liked it if you got a dude break. <laughs> and Hap has made his way to this school. This school is odd because it's got a lot of glass doors, but they're all locked and no one feels the need to break them. For easy access, <laughs> yeah the 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 front of the school just says high school too, which I loved. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hat makes his way inside the school. There's a lot of just random like people kind of walking around coughing. Our major military strongman here, the lead of our film, is uh, overtaken by a man on crutches. This character is <laughs> Crutchy. Fan- oh, is that his name, Crutchy? We're going to Crutchy. It, it sure. is now. Yep, <laughs> he is fantastic. My favorite character in the movie by a mile. By far. Best character in this movie. I'm hoping there's a spinoff about Crutchy. He's He's got, I mean, he's, I guess, homeless and has the virus, I guess. But he also has, like, a perfectly manicured, like, pencil-thin beard and, like, curly mustache. It's the most <laughs> ridiculous thing. And he walks around with a crutch, but clearly doesn't need a crutch. So I don't know why he no, has a crutch. It's his, he's got a gimmick. He's got a crutch gimmick. <laughs> So he, he runs in the hap, runs in the crutchy. Uh, they cut to a random blonde woman that just yells, like, kick his ass sea bass and then is never seen again. <laughs> That's exactly what she does. <laughs> it's one of the most. That woman is never seen in this film no, again. No, she's not. And then they proceed to have a fight where crutchy pretty much dominates the entire fight. Yeah. Hap just happens to win with a body slam. And then, ladies and gentlemen. Our hero proceeds to bludgeon this man to death, we assume, with a camera. Yeah, and it's all, it's it's like one of those, uh, like, I guess, security ceiling cameras. And it's yeah, all like the little s- dome things. Yeah, and it's all to set up like a punchline, like he's, uh, you know, Roger Moore's James Bond, and he just took out Jaws. Like, what what is this? I mean, and also, like, the level that he beats this man in the head with this thing, like, I assume this guy is dead. Like, our hero just beat a homeless man to death. yes. I, and I don't get like wasn't he opposed to violence against random homeless people? Like I yeah, know this he's guy killed one. He, he's killed more than Rex. Yeah, I know this guy attacked him, but you've you've got the drop on him. Just walk away, or, or how about you know you're there for good reasons? How about saying, hey, have you seen my sister? Like, <laughs> like he doesn't try and talk to him at all. He just fights him. No, he fights him and then proceeds to hit him with this camera about seven or eight times in the head. This is one of those things that this movie does where they're trying to create this bizarre correlation between people who have COVID-19 and presumably have had it for 15 years. Which I, I mean, you know, I had it for like six days at one point. It, it doesn't last that long, but these people have it forever. And they're also like choosing to continue to have it. That's what the, but it's true. Like, that's like they live there and, like, this is how I live. <laughs> like, as I like, have, I don't know. I don't know what the correlation the movie's trying to make. But, but they treat these characters like zombies. Like, it's like The Walking Dead in this high school. And it's just yeah. so bizarre. Like, they don't communicate with anyone. These people have no agency. When they're under siege, they just kind of like stand there and wait to get taken <laughs> out like zombies. It's really weird. And, and what's even like, and on top of that, I don't know. If they all got COVID, they seem like they're pretty quarantined themselves. Like, what? what is the problem right now? Exactly. I don't get 
the concept on any level of the, of this that I'm really struggling. And now that we're into, I mean, the movie's only been on like whatever nine minutes, and we're. I already know at this point that this all this movie is now like they have their cool set of this abandoned high school. And now we're going to live in that high school for the next 70 minutes. Like, that's it. We're, we're about the Marine six. This one. Yep. Yep. We're going <laughs> to we're going to close quarter some COVID-19. <laughs> so Hap's walking around this school just yelling for his sister Courtney over and over again. This is his his plan. Um. And she just appears out of a corner at some point. And I swear to God, I thought it was the same actress that played his wife. Yeah, it is. If you squint, it definitely looks like her. <laughs> like, I don't know why they couldn't find, like, people that were more distinguishable from each other. I mean, it's they're probably related. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. That's even weirder than... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Courtney has a little bit of a cough, so you know what that means. Yep, she's choosing to live with COVID. And now I'm not going to go into it, but at multiple times in this film, it turns into a family drama, a two-person play. Oh, it's unbearable. <laughs> this, this, some of these this, the highlights of this story are just wonderful. They're so <laughs> stupid and a bizarre. Uh, there's a great swerve, too. Yep, yeah, there is. <laughs> uh, they have their little heart-to-heart about her being abandoned and him being disappointed in her because she's a homeless drug addict, I guess, is what we're going with. Yeah, she wants to live with COVID. Kramer, can I ask you a question? Sure. So you know how when we were dealing with the the first you know phase of the pandemic, we had to wear masks and we social distance and all that stuff? Yep. So this movie is positing a world where 15 years later, this virus is out of control, right? Cor- correct. No, there's no vaccine. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing in this no. world. Okay. Nope. We just, that's how it's been. When Happ and his wife were shopping earlier, they made, they made it clear to show that they had gloves on after this scavenging excursion and then periodically some of the characters will wear masks how come hap just went into this covid homeless den is not wearing gloves or a mask rex's team goes in there and they're basically not wearing gloves or a mask if the goal is to stop this virus from spreading outside of this high school epicenter Why is no one following COVID protocol that I had a fucking follow when I wanted to go get Animal Crossing at GameStop? What the fuck is this? Everyone involved in entering this school is actually making it worse. Yes, of course, because they're going to they're leave and they didn't do any of the, the measures to prevent the spread of the virus. And I like that one of the things that they held on to was the... Uh was the gloves, going shopping for grocers and wearing gloves thing, which was, like, one of the first things that everyone kind of found out was, like, not that important. Right, but but that's because they weren't wearing masks. And even the masks they wear, they're those ba- masks that they told you definitely don't wear. They're just, like, bandanas yep. tied around your ears. <laughs> <sighs> so during this Heart to Heart, we have the what will be our soundtrack for the rest of the movie, which is... The sounds of people hooting and hollering and shooting guns like it's a Wild West stunt show. <laughs> oh, Calamity Jane. It's, but, like, that's the only sound effect that they put. And, uh, spoiler, Rex only has, like, six guys on his team. Oh, <laughs> or yeah. Or son of Rex. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even sure if it's that many. They might just recycle them and, and switch out the The, the hats and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happen his sister make a run for it. They get outside. They run into uh, Rex's son, who is the leader of the gang here, and then somebody shoots at him. But is it one of his olden guys? I did not. The uh, the action scenes in this, such as they are, are terrible. So I could not follow any of that stuff that was happening. Yeah, I didn't know if it was an accidental shot. There is also a bizarre CGI shot of 
soldiers on the roof of this school. Yeah. And it's just like the same like cut and paste of the same roof over and over again. Yeah, they're trying to establish I mean, I guess this is the titular lockdown. They're trying to establish that these this crew has locked the homeless people into the high school, which again, you could have just locked the doors and then left. You didn't have to go in and kill them because if you lock the doors, they can't spread anyway. But anyway, um and then like yeah, like you said, they they took like three pictures of the outside of this high school and then superimposed like a guy on each roof. To make you show that they have, like, snipers surrounding it or something? I don't know. Maybe one of them is Seagal. I don't know. Did, did they not have access to the roof of this school? Like, they had to do that? They probably didn't have access to the roof. <laughs> oh, that's where the cool kids hang out. That's how I learned from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. <laughs> oh, underrated show. Those definitely on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> the... Soldiers all lock the doors, um, all of these assorted glass doors that could easily be broken to leave or enter. Um, and Hap and Courtney are chased back into a school by a guy in a sweet vest. <laughs> sure, this is going to be a lot of our movie going forward. Yep, that's It's a lot it. of Hap and Courtney hiding, uh, where they then use that opportunity to talk about their uh, family drama. Yep. And then we just wait until somebody sneaks up on them. We get... A backstory here where uh, Rex's son played baseball and went to college, but then COVID took it from him. This is so bizarre. And again, the ages just don't line up. No, because like he said, this was start of COVID. He was in college. It's 20. I don't know how old this guy's supposed to be now. It's 2035. Yeah, it's, he doesn't look like he's in his 30s, really. <laughs> but that's that's why this man is so angry about the people that spread COVID is because they took his baseball career from him. And he has his buddy with him that he's telling the story to. And that guy just gives him a solid like, oh, man, that sucks. Like he wasn't <laughs> even paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just wants to kill some homeless people. He doesn't really care about all his other stuff. Yeah. Oh, no, that's cool. That's cool. Cool. But uh, I saw a guy with a crutch earlier. I kind of want to kill him. <laughs> so we get to a classroom where Hap and Courtney are hiding and Hap evidently knows the entire blueprint layout of this school that he draws onto a whiteboard. This is so great. This is my favorite scene <laughs> in the movie when he draws this whiteboard. He draws a breakdown of the entire school, including the knowledge of a secret door in the school basement. How many schools have secret doors? I, <laughs> I also love that he's like, oh, here's the layout of the school. And it's just like a U-shaped and he just highlights the doors like she's been <laughs> living there. Right? She's, this is her home. Like, wouldn't she know where the doors are? <laughs> <laughs> no, she just got there and stayed in one room and never left. Yeah, living her best life with COVID. Much like the uh, guy in uh, in the Marine. <laughs> Remember, there was the one guy that just lived in a room that no one knew was there. That's right. That's right. In the, uh, what was it, the brewery? <laughs> yes, that was a brewery in that one. Could have been the same set. We don't know. <laughs> While they're breaking down this, some guy gets a drop on them and proceeds to have a slap fight with Hap, is the best way to put it. These are some of the worst staged fights I've ever seen in my life. Kramer, they're like a Jackie Chan movie if you subtracted one million points. That's what it's... <laughs> it's They're so bad. They're slow. They, like, the punches, that you could see them stop before they connect. It's so weird. They don't add any sound effects to make them, like, have any impact. They're so terrible. And our hero, Hap, is constantly just wrestled to the ground, and it ends with people rolling around. Yes. 
Courtney picks up this man's assault rifle, closes her eyes, looks away, and luckily doesn't kill her brother when she shoots. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe she was aiming for Hap. <laughs> it's true. She messed up. They sneak out again, and they're going down a hallway, and at one point, a homeless man with a with a sheet over him, like a child playing a ghost, just runs into the hallway and gets gunned down by the soldiers. Yep. Again, it's 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 vague zombie stuff. It's uh, Hap's got a gun. This this one soldier that is the one guy that was able to afford a full body biohazard suit has the worst <laughs> peripheral vision on earth. <laughs> this is what I was saying before. People are like hiding in hallways, but not really hiding. Like they're clearly visible from the exterior of the hallway, but peep characters just walk past them constantly. It happens like four or five times. It's amazing. Like, this guy is within a foot of Hap, just standing next to him in a wide-open door, too. Yep. Not even, like, behind anything. No. And the guy just never notices. Yep. Uh, Courtney gets mad that Hap didn't use that time to kill him, but as we stated, he's not here to kill people. Except, except for the- Crutchy. <laughs> yeah, except, except for that one guy he, he brutally bashed earlier. <sighs> More family drama. Uh, again... Who cares? Abandoned family, sisters, mothers, fathers, death. I don't know. Yes. Lockdown. Uh, <laughs> lockdown. Hashtag <laughs> lockdown. Uh, they're in this classroom, and someone throws a smoke grenade in here, and this scene is stupid. It's stupid and unnecessary, and you can't see anything. It's not interesting or cool. It's just stupid. It's so stupid. So, like, they throw a smoke grenade in here. You can't see anything. Uh, one of the soldiers is a guy with a gas mask and like a fedora, which is a great look. <laughs> but essentially what happens is our hero and Courtney avoid fighting these people and they end up just fighting each other because they can't see anything. Yes. Yes. It's like a, like a pink Panther slapstick scene. <laughs> and one of these hunters, these soldiers, he gets killed. Um, Hope that doesn't bite us back. Bite anyone in the ass in a few minutes. Uh, Hap and Courtney make it out of there, but we then have Kev's. Uh, sorry, Rex's son comes back into the film, sees the dead guy, and realizes it's his brother. I forgot he had a brother at this point in the movie. This yeah. guy has not been seen since the start of the film. No, yeah, he. Uh, I think he got sent off to get other people, right? Didn't Rex split sure. them up? Say, you go get Hap, you other kid, go get these other people. And so I guess yeah. he was successful, and those are the other people. <laughs> those are yeah. the other people. Yeah, but he, he we never, I don't even think he has a name. I don't even know what Rex's, the lead villain's name is, his other son. I, I don't. And if you looked at IMDb, it might not even be the right name. Uh, is is his name also, uh, <laughs> what was it, Dean? <laughs> They're all Dean. named it's just, Dean. It's Dean, Dean. That's, that's, that's Mike. It's just all bad names. <laughs> it's a Dean 1, Dean Hap, Dean 3. Uh, so Hap and Courtney make their way to the basement. They get to the secret door, but it cannot open. <gasps> Damn you, secret door. <laughs> well, that's what you get for relying on information 15 years after a pandemic ruined the world, jackass. <laughs> uh, the hunters get the drop on them. They are captured. Uh, during this capture, we have a flashback to Hap and his wife or sister, depending if you're looking at the screen close enough or not. <laughs> uh Better times. You know, I guess these were pre-pandemic times that they're talking about. Uh, and they wake up tied together on the stage in the, I don't know, the auditorium. Why would they do this? It's like, I mean, this is not even like, 
Batman, like the Joker tying him up before he kills him, stupid. Like, this is literally stupid. Why are they just kill them? <laughs> the whole plan was just go in there and kill everyone. Why are they doing this now? Oh, well, it's because of revenge for the brother that died that we forgot about. Yeah, but you could, okay, but you could get revenge, whatever. Kramer, can I ask a question? You may not. Let's keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, fine. You can do it. So, so the the name of the movie is Lockdown. I kind of, kind of get that. They're locked into the school. The new name of the movie is COVID-19 colon invasion, right? Correct. What's the invasion? It is these hunters going into this homeless school where people were minding their own business, quarantined from the rest of the world. <laughs> if you are Micah Smith, whatever that guy's last name was, why would you read if you okay, if you want to cash in such as as it were on the success of the COVID nineteen pandemic, fine. But COVID nineteen write those coattails. Right. But why not just make it then COVID nineteen lockdown, right? That would make more sense. The invasion thing doesn't make any sense. It doesn't it's not informative, it's not interesting, it doesn't really tie into the film. Because like you're saying, so the invaders are the people invading the homeless people? What is that? I think, honestly, and it's probably not the good answer, I think he decided to change this to buzzwords that a certain group of people would search out and look into. You th So, okay, uh, fine, we're going to talk about this. You think this movie is a pro-the-bad-guys perspective movie? Is that what you think? I believe so, because it is, it is very... It, the things that it's saying are odd. Like it, it, it's it's capitalizing on COVID. There's a weird, you know, Confederate background and all shows up for some reason. I agree that that stuff is weird, but I took it the other way that it was specifically highlighting that as the reasons you shouldn't be doing this stuff. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So what you're saying is this a movie? This is a movie we need to really think about. Yes, th this is a pro-homeless people in a high school movie, is what I'm saying. <laughs> that, <laughs> I think that's what I'm saying. Which is our favorite subgenre of film. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we've probably done at least two or three that we've forgotten about. Uh, I feel like this movie is somebody who reads QAnon boards made this. <laughs> really? Okay, see, I had the, I mean, I, I, the, the villains of the film are definitely those people. Right, the characters. Yeah, I read that as those are also villains in real life, but I, but I, I, I see what you're saying because Nash, you know, Nash, complicated guy, and obviously he has he has never seen this movie or read any of the script besides what he was in, <laughs> but like that's not him. No, that's the that's the thing that's odd about that. This is he's pretty grounded in some things, including this. Yes, I mean in the real world. Yes, so that's what is. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt that he would not do this stuff unless it was clear that that was bad. But maybe I don't know. Maybe you're right because it's also it's a Texas-based film. Nash, not a not a famous Texan. Like if this was Dustin no. Rhodes, it would have made more sense. But uh, this was filmed in Matthew McConaughey's hometown. If that's your trivia, if you needed to know that. <laughs> <sighs> so Happ and Courtney are tied up. They wake up. Um, and here we'll get the end of our family drama that I've been glossing over. We find out that their parents were about to go out and look for Courtney, and they had spent all of their money to get her to help she needs. I don't know what that means. Yep. 
No That's idea. just a weird, vague statement. And Hap knew where Courtney was, but told his parents the wrong location on purpose because he was afraid that they would be disappointed in her? Yes. And they got hit by a car. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> not even a COVID death. Not even... I mean, what is the... What is the because again, Courtney appears to be maybe 17 years old, right? <laughs> maybe, yeah. So, when were they looking for her? What is the societal thing where they can still spend money to try and find someone who apparently lives down the street? What is this? And, and like, they spent their money to get her help, so I guess that means like rehabs are still a thing. Yeah, I mean, and help for what? She's choosing to live her life with COVID, right? I don't I don't understand any of this stuff. It's like it's correlating drug addiction with catching the virus. I, I don't understand that. Can someone explain that to me? <laughs> no, no one can explain that to you. Because I, I don't get, like, so was she a drug addict first or a homeless person first or had COVID first? How does she still have COVID? What? Like, we never see her doing drugs. The only thing we no. know for certain is that she's definitely, and she's not even homeless. She lives in a high school. It's not that bad. You know what? There's probably a decent amount of places to sleep in there. It might be cold, but still, you know, I, it could be worse. Th this this ridiculous storyline with the parents is is so stupid. <laughs> it, it's unnecessary, 100% unnecessary to throw in the dead parent thing. Yeah, or make them die from COVID. Like, oh, they were going into all these homeless person shelters and they got COVID that way. That would have made a whole lot more sense. Uh, unfortunately, this, this heartbreaking moment is broken up by the arrival again of Rex's son, who is very upset about the death of his brother and is going to kill them. And their big getback is that Courtney spits COVID in his face like the great Muda. <laughs> She literally says, enjoy COVID-19, yeah. and then spits in his face. <laughs> I love that she calls it the full name, too. Yes, she has to name it. I mean, honestly, she probably should have called out the specific variant she was giving him. <laughs> and he gets spit in the face and then runs away like he was misted by Muda, like yeah. rubbing his face like comically. Yeah. <laughs> Mom! <laughs> Courtney spit. <laughs> oh, man. Chris, I don't know, man. Like they're not covered right now, but they're tied up. I don't know how they're getting out of this. How do you? How are they going to get out of this? Uh, I don't know. Maybe she can keep spitting and they can slip through or something. Oh, that'd be gross. <laughs> <laughs> that is the grossest thing that could happen. I mean, hopefully, wouldn't it be weird if like, like somebody from earlier in the film suddenly appeared as the hero of our film? Our hero, Crutchy, returns. This, he again, another person just standing off camera where all the bad guys <laughs> should be able to see him, and he's no one can see him. <laughs> no one can see him. He's standing there. He walks in, and he's like, "I'm here to help." This fucking guy just beat you in the head with a camera like 25 minutes ago. Also, he has no residual scars from that incident. Nope, his mustache still well maintained. Yep, yep, it's great. And he cuts them loose. So Hap and Courtney are on the run because Crutches is going to distract them. Now he's like in on helping these people like to the max. Yeah, he says to uh, Hap, like, thank you for caring about us. Like he, he didn't care about him. No, he, exactly. But I, I guess 
now because Hap is an ally of homeless people, he's he's all in on help. I don't know. It's whatever. They go to run away. Uh, Hap breaks the neck of a guy wearing uh, safety goggles, and it looks stupid as hell. <laughs> I don't know why seeing a man murdered in safety goggles made me laugh. Why was, again, the, the PPE these people are choosing to wear for this excursion are absurd. So none of them wear masks, but he's got goggles on. <laughs> why are you protecting your eyes? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, Courtney tells Hap to leave because she doesn't want anything to do with him since she was going to be helped by their parents, but he had them inadvertently killed, which I, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. So Hap's making his way out. He's about to get out of this school, but then he hears in the distance that Courtney has been caught again. Yep. And is being held in like an annex with its own door to the outside. I don't know what the fuck this room was. Again, just killer. <laughs> and with 20 minutes left in this movie... I have realized that Kevin Nash is not returning into this film. Why does it take you so long in these movies to realize that? Every time you're just surprised by this. I knew that the minute he hung up that phone earlier, we were never seeing him again. Full Sergeant Slaughter situation. Because, Chris, on this show, I'm the optimist and you're the pessimist. <laughs> I don't think that that's true at all. <laughs> it's 100% true. I believe that there is good in everyone and that Kevin Nash was going to return to this film so that they got their money's worth. Hot dog and a handshake. They probably did get their money worth. <laughs> and a bottle of wine. Uncorked films. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so Hap gets caught coming back for his sister. And now to add a little bit more spice to this and to prove that they are two different actresses, <laughs> the soldiers have captured Hap's wife and brought her to the school as well. What a weird... What, what is happening? Because <laughs> now we want to introduce some kind of pick your poison stipulation. Yeah, now, now suddenly this guy is the Joker. He's, he's <laughs> coming up with complicated moral dilemmas. Rex's son tells Hap that he has to pick who dies. He can choose his wife or his sister. Or if he does not choose, he will kill them both and let Hap live as punishment. Yeah, so no brainer choice here. And he uh, proceeds to shoot his wife. Yep. Who I thought was going to be dead, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I had to rewind she takes it. a full shotgun. To, like, the chest. Yeah, I had to rewind it. They uh, they played fast and loose with some of the locations of these shots, but fine. And then, as he's about to kill Courtney, what comes flying into the room to distract everyone? <laughs> it's a crutch. <laughs> Fucking crutchy. <laughs> and then Crutchy swings in like Earl Flynn in, like, a fucking big-budget adventure movie. I was going to say sloth, but yeah. Well, one of us took film study in school. <laughs> uh, so we have the big fight. Uh, Crutchy kills some people. Hap kills some people. Kev's son runs away. Rex's son. The wife is okay, evidently, somehow? Yeah, she just kind of got winged on the arm, I guess. Uh, Crutchy gives Hap a head nod and then proceeds just to run out the door, throw his hands up, and get shot to death? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Was he like, I fulfilled my life's purpose. I'm out. Yeah, this was like a real Poochie went back to his home planet kind of scene. <laughs> it's because it's I guess they're they're trying to establish that the guys on the outside are still keeping watch. But just spoilers in five minutes, everyone's going to be outside and no one else gets shot like that. So I don't understand why Crutchy had a, why they did Crutchy so dirty. I don't get it. <laughs> Um, with that being said, the movie marks will be starting a GoFundMe to build a statue for Crutchy. 
that will be placed in front of this school. <laughs> Hap, his wife, Courtney, they're running through the school they're trying to escape now. Uh, the wife's got bullets in the shoulder. Courtney's been shot in the foot. Yeah, that was weird, too. We, we glossed over that, but, like, that's his torture. He shoots her full on in the foot, and she basically no-sells it, which is absurd. Oh, she, 100%. Yeah. I didn't even realize she got shot in the foot. I thought he shot the ground in front of her because yeah. she doesn't react. She's like, owie, and then never mentions it again. <laughs> so now Courtney tells the two of them to go on without her because she has completed what she needs to do in her life. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here with this stupid shit. So the entire point of our film has now been thrown out the window. She says, because like, Hap does it. Yeah, she says, like, I want you to go because you've given me purpose. First of all, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what purpose has he given you by coming here and telling you that he had your parents murdered by accident? And then, so her plan is to, quote unquote, stall the bad guys. You have super military guy here who's already killed like a dozen people. And... <laughs> Just for the record, what she does doesn't stall anyone. No. Because <laughs> literally what happens is they, uh, Hap and his wife are like, okay, fine, we're gone, You're, you can stay. Which, again, the whole point of him coming here was that. And then it's literally just Courtney standing in front of a door that opens and then she gets shot in the face. Yeah, it's the stupidest thing. <laughs> it slows down nothing. It slows down nothing and... I mean, I guess they ran out of money on her, just like with Kevin Nash, because she's like, I'm out. I can't do the movie anymore. <laughs> so at this point, Hap's sister is dead. His wife has been shot, and he's definitely got COVID. So this entire thing was a waste of a day. He should have stayed home. Yep. Just, just, <laughs> just the stupidest thing. Good. Too, too, too bad he read that Bible and he was inspired by the, <laughs> the Holy Spirit or whatever. Why did God have to make you such a good man, Hap? <laughs> He's not that good of a man. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> so we get to the second or third floor of the school, because I have no idea what where we are in this building anymore. And Hap opens a window, and he says they have to jump. Now, mind you, his wife has been shot in the shoulder. He is relatively fine, but he tells her we got to jump. And he proceeds to jump out the window first and leave her behind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she eventually jumps, but why did he go first? And it, it's this is so stupid, too. Like, they're way up there. They, they make it clear that this is very high, and they jump into, like, a single bush. <laughs> <laughs> no! Crunch, 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 crunch. Like, his, his back's broken. Yeah. The wife's probably impaled on the bush through the <laughs> hole in her shoulder. And now they make the run to the car. Obviously, this movie is not going to let this car start. That's not how these movies work. Oh, my God. He turns this key for a solid four minutes. <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> this turns into a complete, like, Friday the 13th scenario. Yeah, yeah. And also, what is their plan? Just, just on a, a basic level. Everyone, I mean, they were just at their house kidnapping the wife, right? So what are they going to do, go home? I mean, they, he might yeah, as well go true. back in and kill everyone. I didn't even think about that. He kind of has to kill everyone in this yes, place now. exactly. <laughs> so they're trying to get out of here. The car finally starts, but oh, no, here comes little Rex, the son <laughs> of Rex, comes driving in and T-bones him. And you get that, that high-pitched squeal sound you use to make it so you know that somebody is deaf or disoriented yeah. that movies love to do. Yeah, it's great. 
Lil, Lil Rex takes out a golf club and starts getting a solid golf club fight going. More awful fighting. Why is there a golf club? I don't know. That is the most <laughs> random weapon in this movie to end with, is a golf club. They established that he was a failed baseball player because of COVID. Make it a baseball bat, at least. Oh, my God. You're right. I didn't even think about that. So this is stupid. It's incredibly <laughs> stupid. Why is it a golf club? It just doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense why it would be a golf club. So they have some more fighting. There's a weird light music bed underneath this. It does not fit this action at all. No. Uh, Hap eventually gets him pinned in the hood of his car and proceeds just to slam the door on him over and over till he's dead. Yeah, which would not happen. I mean, it wouldn't happen, but luckily when they walk away, the car blows up for no reason on top of it. (laughs) I guess Hap's blood was gasoline, I guess, and it ignited somehow. Oh, man. So uh, that's it. Hap and his wife now have to walk all the way back home, which could be miles and miles or right next door. We have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. And now we're, we get a time jump. We know this because Hap is in his garden that we saw him planting earlier in the film, so very vague amount of time has changed. Yeah, none of the snipers from the roof, none of the other guys that were still in the building have followed them either. That, that, no, like, there was, everything there was is roughly, fine now. like, yeah, there was roughly, like, ten f- soldiers in this, and Hap only killed, like, three. Yeah, everything's fine, though. They just let it, ah, we're good. We don't need to worry yeah. about the, the invasion and, anymore. Suddenly, for what is the dumbest, possibly the dumbest part of this movie, full of dumb shit, is they receive a telegram that there is a cure for COVID. It's unreal. Unreal. <laughs> it's, it's the most ridiculous thing. How did they receive this? Is, is this getting sent to all 29 million people or whatever in the world? It, it's, it's just everything about this is absurd. She walks out and just unfolds paper and goes, there's a cure. It's unreal. And then I guess they immediately decide to go get it because the (laughs) two of them start walking down a dirt road away from their house. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like, they essentially start, like, skip running down the road. Like, yay, cure. (laughs) And as they're leaving, the, the camera pans to the forest and Kevin Nash leans out from behind a tree and might as well have just went like, hello! It is one of the goofiest things I've ever seen. This last shot is my favorite thing in the history of cinema. He pokes his head out like he's fucking dick dastardly in wacky <laughs> races. It's so great. And and what made it even better, this, this shot is definitely going up on the gram. Everyone will see this. We're tagging Big Kev. Diesel's going to have to comment on it. Yeah. What is so us. what is so amazing to me about this is that I'm just picturing them saying to him, "Look, we need one more shot in this movie," and it's just him and the director. You got to get out of your truck, you, and you you got to go stand by that tree and just poke your head out. <laughs> Can you imagine telling him that and him being like, "Fine, I'll fucking do it." <laughs> like it's just so great. Oh man, I hope this is. I hope he talks about this film on one of his 900 shoot interviews on YouTube. Yeah, it's, uh, I like this more than I like putting on the green tights when I was Oz. So obviously this is setting up a sequel. Chris, question. Would it be COVID-19-2 or COVID-20? What would you call the sequel? I mean, geez, you probably have to go COVID-36, right? Well, I mean, well, you would hope so, but they didn't go with that 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 at all. That's no, what they should have done. It would probably be lockdown 2, colon, COVID-19-2. 
two colon invasion two. The, colon the revenge. <laughs> and that's our film, except for the completely unnecessary note on the end of this film about the safety and fun they all had. Oh, you mean the note that I wrote down verbatim, Kramer? Oh, well, why don't you read it for us? <laughs> sure, why not? <clears throat> this is this is written from Micah to his cast and crew. This movie was made by a tiny cast and crew who worked safely and tirelessly to pull it off at the height of the largest pandemic in our lifetime. This is my editorial note. This has been basically <laughs> the only pandemic of our lifetime. <laughs> Continuing on from Micah, no job was too large and no job was too small. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Every single person chipped in with maximum heart and effort. Okay, Micah, calm down. To breathe life into this story. And here's the kicker, everyone. Here's the best part. A story that didn't even have a script yet when filming began. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Thank you all from the very bottom of my heart, Micah. Why? You know, we're going to talk about it in the three count. But you remember how we talked about with uh, Calamity Jane's Revenge, which to some degree is a similar type of movie to this? Okay. And how we mentioned that when those people sit down to watch that movie, they probably have a blast because it looks like they were having a lot of fun. Right. This movie looks joyless, just completely <laughs> and utterly joyless. So to read that like heartfelt thank you does not jive with what I saw on screen. <laughs> no one in this movie looks happy. There's no energy out of anyone. <laughs> no. But uh, at the end, Mike is like, you know what? This one's for them. Let me put this out there. And and on the cast, too, like, you know, whatever, the list of casts, all that stuff. And then there, there's a slot for PAs, which is production assistants. And he'll list, like, there's a few actual PAs. And then the last one is PA, and it says everyone with three exclamation points. <laughs> so he was really excited that all these fucking people dealt with him while they were making this movie. <laughs> In the middle of a pandemic, the yeah. largest of our time. The largest of our lifetimes. <laughs> uh, and I love, too, like... You know, usually you don't admit that you uh, just started filming a movie with nothing planned. Yeah, that's that's a weird that's a weird boast. <laughs> so, so that means that he woke up one day during the pandemic and was like, "You know, it would be great if I had a movie where a bunch of homeless people were targeted." And then from uh. there, he worked on a script. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that—that that was the the thrust of his idea. And then he was like, "Oh, you know, what would be good in this professional wrestler Kevin Nash." <laughs> It's how did he fucking get? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, look, look, we're a couple of of jackasses who have ideas. Sometimes I would have no concept of how to get a hold of fucking Kevin Nash to shoot a movie. How the fuck did this clown in the middle of nowhere, Texas, be like, you know what? I have a bad movie I want to make. Let me let me get Diesel on the fucking phone. Yeah. What's weird about this, too, is like Nash has done a couple movies like this. We've covered a movie that he was in previously, but he was not the lead. Right. Um, but also Nash has acted in real movies. He's one of what's his name's like favorite guys to put in his films. What the hell is that dude's name? Channing Tatum. Yeah, he's been in Magic Mike. He was in the dog movie that came out this past year with right. Channing Tatum. Right. So like he's one of he he does movies. He does real things. Right. Like this this isn't like like a low level job guy either. Like Kevin Nash is is a thing. He's been in movies. He's been in the lead of of some of those like you know low budget action movies. Yeah. So presumably he has he's... mainstream appeal, right? He's presumably got an agent. Like so, this must have just been like oh for a laugh for five hundred bucks. Well, I can't leave my house. I'll do this kind of thing. But it, it's just so remarkable that some of this stuff pops up where they get these people. Yeah, and he's got to be like on the high end of the guys you can hire for these movies. 
Oh, I, I mean, th- probably yes, but also much like a lot of the guys I have respect for, they treat a lot of this stuff just like carny stuff. So any paycheck, yeah. they never turn down a paycheck, which I, is my favorite thing about all professional wrestlers. Which is definitely something Kevin Nash is always very open about in any interview. He he, he is very much this is a business, right? And that's and that's how it should be, unless you're you know one of the guys who broke out Cena, Rock, whatever. You know, yeah. anyone else should just be taking paychecks. Why not? Alrighty, Kramer, now it is time for Ignorance is Bliss. This is the portion of the show where we ask people what these movies are about, but they only know the title and the name of the wrestler who's in it. We did get a few submissions for lockdown, COVID-19 invasion, but my dad's runs a little long today, so I think we're just going to go ahead and highlight that because really, who else would you want to talk to about (laughs) than my father when it comes to this movie? So let's hear his thoughts, and then we'll get your take afterwards. Hey, Dad. Hello, Chris. So today's movie is called Lockdown, and it stars the wrestler Kevin Nash. What do you think Lockdown is about? Lockdown sounds like a prison movie. All right. So uh, <clears throat> generally when you have a lockdown is when you have a riot going on in the prison. Or you have something, you know, you know, uh, uh, something going on between two inmates or a group of inmates. They're not necessarily rioting the whole prison. They're just having issues <laughs> with each other. So that, 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 in my way, would cause a lockdown. Now, it could be also <laughs> a lockdown in a building. You know, something, something you know, a criminal is uh, in the building and they're locking down the building to make sure nobody gets out. Or he doesn't get out. He, she. So, so which one are you going with? <laughs> I would say probably a prison. Okay. What, what type of movie is this? Is it a, a comedy, a drama, romance, action? What, what type of movie? Oh, it's def. It's it's an action movie. It's it's not a it's not a romance. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. The the wrestler in it is Kevin Nash. What role do you think Kevin Nash is playing? Kevin Nash. Um. <clears throat> I would say he's one of the inmates. So are the inmates in the lockdown, this is uh, something of a turf war within a prison? That's what you're kind of leaning towards? Uh, I don't know about a turf war. Um, I mean, it could be. And then the locking everything down this way to, you know, know, uh, knock down the... uh, Well, let me put it this way. Uh... (laughs) They're trying to quell the uh, riot, so that's why they that's why they initiate a lockdown. Okay, so so Dad, you know how a lot of the movies we cover on our show are sort of low budget; they're direct to video a lot of the time, and these movies often get renamed after they've been released for marketing purposes or just to, you know, appeal to a different audience. So would it change your opinion of the film Lockdown if I were to tell you that it was later renamed COVID-19 Invasion? Uh, it would definitely change my opinion, <laughs> yes. All right, so, so how, how would your thoughts change on the film Lockdown renamed to COVID-19 Invasion? Uh, it, it's, in other words, the lockdown is referring to the, uh, the, the whole world. 
in that case, or a particular city or a particular country. So, you know, in, in, in that sense, yeah, it, it it's has a much more broader range. It's not dealing with inmates, but you're, instead of like a prison, you're actually locking down a whole region, a whole company. I mean, a whole uh, country. Okay, so so what type of movie do do you think this might be now? Now is it a comedy or a drama or a romance? What do you think? I still say it's a, I would still say it's a drama. Drama action. What group of people are we now following in this renamed film? What people? Yeah, so previously you said it was inmates in a prison because you thought that's what it was about, but now we're dealing with a movie called COVID-19 Invasion. So what group of people do you think the movie follows in this case? I'd say the general public it could follow families, it could follow, uh, you know, the uh, politicians, it could follow law enforcement, how they how they deal with this this lockdown. OK, so you think this is a, a sort of a broad reaching ensemble film? Yes. OK, so obviously you, you have some experience with lockdown as it relates to COVID-19. We, we all do. But the the second title of this film is COVID-19 colon invasion. What do you think invasion refers to in terms of COVID-19? The invasion of the virus. So, so you think it's <laughs> it's speaking specifically about the the virus that caused the, the lockdown? Right. Caused the outbreak, the pandemic. So so the invaders are are somewhat they're not tangible in the traditional sense. Yeah, it's it's Mother Nature is the invaders because Mother Nature is always trying to kill us, one way or the other. So, so from your perspective, Mother Nature is is the enemy of most films. Uh, is trying to kill us. It's, it's very aggressive. You know, Mother Nature is always trying to, uh, you know, you know, kill us with these viruses and, and stuff like that. <laughs> So this happens often when I'm speaking to my dad about this stuff. But at the very end, he'll reveal something about <laughs> that I did not know. So in this case, he thinks Mother Nature is not only out to kill humanity, but that it has a will that it's it's been plotting since the dawn of time, I guess. So basically, your father's favorite film is the M. Night Shyamalan movie where the wind kills people. <laughs> the happening? <laughs> yeah. It's um, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he gave it a persona, Mother Nature always trying to kill us. Like, that's not how this stuff works. But <laughs> Every night before bed, your father looks out the window and is just like, not today, bitch, and then just goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes when you give him something like, oh, what does invasion mean? He's going to come up with like, oh, well, there's a bad guy invading. This one, he like, so he must have had this in the back of his mind for years now that Mother Nature is out to get us. So he went, he, he, he's like, this is my chance to finally talk about this on the air. <laughs> oh, man. Now now you've got to go over to his house and, like, see if there's a hidden room with just, like, assorted, like, news clippings about, like, natural events. <laughs> <laughs> Mother Nature always trying to kill us with these viruses. That's uh, <laughs> degree in biology right there, folks. <laughs> So, Kramer, that was Ignorance is Bliss. Well, it's time for us to put a bow on this film, the only way we know how, and it's the new important Three Count 19. Ooh. <laughs> Still only three questions, though. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> One, two, three. 
First up, is this a wrestling movie? So it's not. There, there was a time when he, when he was, uh, when Hap was fighting Crutchy early in the film. He does do some wrestling moves. So I was, I was on the edge. I was thinking, oh, are some of these fights going to be wrestling based? But no, it was just that one body slam, pretty much. So this is not a wrestling movie. Yeah, not a wrestling movie. The wrestler is uh, he he pulls up like he's going to a drive-in restaurant and leaves. <laughs> uh, but like that same thing. That was my note. A uh, half does a body slam, so I'm like, oh, okay, maybe Nash was fight choreographer. But then eventually you find out the fights are awful. Also, <laughs> yes, they are. So not a wrestling movie, but nope. it's definitely uh, it's a good movie, right? Kramer, you've done it. This is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Oh, you've done that's it. That's impossible. Nope. You, you've officially done it. This is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. So, no, it is not a good movie. Go ahead. T- tell me I'm wrong that this is the worst movie you've ever fucking seen. It is not the worst movie I've ever seen. A hundred percent, it is not the worst movie I've ever seen. Bullshit. I, it's hard for me to pinpoint it, but it's definitely probably a movie I've watched for this show, though. That no. is the worst movie. No, this it is a movie you've watched for the show, and it is this one we just watched. It is not. This is not a good movie. This is essentially the second time we've watched The Marine 6 because it is the same as basic plot of being caught inside of a building and trying to escape. Uh, this one just has more COVID sprinkled about it. <laughs> yeah, just a little more. Just a little it's a little, little touch of COVID. Uh, but no, this is not a good movie. Since you're saying that it's the worst movie you've ever seen, it's definitely the main event. I... I mean, I, it's, I try to stick to the rules of this one. I don't even know if I can book this one, man. I, I, I think this is, uh, you know, COVID-19 invasion shows up to the arena, and I meet him at the door and say, creative's got nothing for you tonight. <laughs> well, you are incorrect. This is a film that belongs on the card. Uh, this is the opening match inside of the Thunderdome the first week it started <laughs> when no one knew how to use the camera screens around <laughs> outside. Like, yeah. no one knew what was going on, but they just <laughs> didn't have it busted out yet. This is opening night of the Thunderdome. I, I think that's fair. I, I think that's 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 timely, uh, f- given its subject matter taking place in 2035. <laughs> and <laughs> th- th- That is still the oddest conceit of the film, that they fast-forwarded 15 years. and Because when did they make the—do you know what I mean? Like— like the filmmakers obviously made this during the pandemic and obviously there there was some fear and confusion and I understand all that. But even then you knew that you either got sick very quickly or you recovered relatively quickly in two weeks or so. Like you knew that, right? But this movie posits a world where people can have it for 15 years and, and has wiped out the majority of the world. Yeah, I, it's 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 super duper weird. Super weird. It's almost hey. like they started filming without any kind of script. <laughs> Which we, we have on a, a good authority from the director himself. Why would you admit that? Well, it would have made more sense if you placed it in like April of 2020. And that the reason there was this panic was because they didn't know anything about the pandemic. You know what I mean? That would have made so much more sense. Yeah, like if it was a paranoia film about what we don't know that's happening. Which... Spoiler is exactly what happened when this started. Exactly. That would have made so much more sense. But making it 15 years in the future and there's still somehow like mail processing and you can hire private eyes to find your homeless daughter. All of that stuff just makes no sense. I think we're both good. I think we've been vaccinated against the uh, (laughs) lockdown COVID-19 invasion. (laughs) But there's one more stop. After you get vaccinated, you got to sit down for a few minutes. Take a breather. (laughs) Make sure you don't pass out and play the swerve. 
this is the swerve. All right. So this week on the swerve, we're going to highlight possibly one of the uh, biggest things that came out of COVID-19 in the world of professional wrestling. And it was the evolution of the cinematic match. Ooh. Uh, those of you who don't know, a cinematic match is essentially if you took a wrestling match and mixed it with a movie where you pre-taped everything and there was all kinds of extra stuff. It's basically our sweet spot as a podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you four keywords, one at a time. You can jump in beforehand. I'll give you extra points if you do. And you tell me what cinematic match I am talking about. Okay. Are these are these all that took place after the pandemic or are there all, no, all these in there? No, we too? have broken into two sections, pre-pandemic and pandemic era. Okay, good, good, good. We will be starting with the pre-pandemic. Are you ready? I'm ready. Keyword number one for our first match is trucks. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is the uh, the big show, uh, not, well, he was whatever, the giant Hogan match on the roof. It is not. <gasps> your next your next word is helicopters. Is this the uh, uh, the blacktop bully versus uh, Goldust? That is correct. Yeah. This is the King of the Road from Uncensored, <laughs> 1995, considered by many to be the first cinematic match. You you love that match. You talk about it all the time. It's a great match. People were fired for that match because they bladed, but they still fired them because they didn't edit it out. They fired Dustin for that fucking thing. And and it's and it's not a great match. It's a terrible match. They fight on like an open trailer with like hay bales. It's so stupid. <laughs> Driving up and down the same stretch of like Wyoming roadway. I love Smash. Must have been such a great company guy because he kept getting like weird work like that. Uh, my all-time favorite gimmick was when he was the golfer Stort Payne. Yeah, <laughs> he had such range. <laughs> Our next film slash match <laughs> keyword number one OJ. Oh boy, pass. <laughs> keyword number two is lingerie. Huh. Go. You're going to get it now. Keyword number three is Piper. Oh, is this the, Is this also involving <laughs> Dustin in the backlot brawl? It does. The Hollywood backlot brawl. Everyone's favorite match to take take something away from the OJ drama. That was uh, That's actually a pretty fun event. It, like, they sprinkled it in. It, it was kind of like what they always did best with Piper when he was uh, at that point in his career. Where they, it was yeah. like it, it weaved in and out of like nine different matches. That was, that was kind of fun. Yeah, that was a that, that's a fun match to go back and watch. Piper actually gets hurt too in that match, like punching out a window. Yeah. All right. Next up, this should be an easy one. The Lake of Reincarnation. Wow. I'm, I I want another clue. Vanguard One. What? If you don't know this, you might be removed from any and all Mark things going forward. Next, Brother Nero. Why can't I? I'm I'm blank. All of these things sound incredibly familiar, but I cannot pull it. Next. Well, this is your final clue, and we'll give it away. This is, just so you know, essentially the most famous cinematic match in history. Broken Matt. Oh. Oh, I, I'm not... Yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it, but I know to what you refer now. Yeah, <laughs> I know to what you refer now. That's an interesting way to put it. <laughs> this it's, it's, with, it's with the family, right? Yes, we are talking about July 5th, 2016... The final deletion. Yes, okay. This essentially becomes the the blueprint for all cinematic matches going forward. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that that, that is true. Uh, it, it's about being as weird as possible and really leaning into the fact that you can edit and do whatever you want. If you've never seen it, watch it. It's it's a lot of fun. You know what? Now it's time for the pandemic error. Now these are my, I'm going to know all these. Of course you are. <laughs> Metallica is your first clue. What? Metallica? That's a bad clue. Give me another one. Good Brothers. Oh, so this is the, uh, the Taker's last ride match against the AJ Styles. Yes. This is the Boneyard. Yeah. WrestleMania okay. 36. That ended with a Metallica song as he drove away on his motorcycle. Uh, yeah, th- th- this one was pretty good, though. This is fine, but also when you think back on it now, this is his final match, and that is upsetting. Yeah, I think he was pretty much done, though. I, th- I think he knew he couldn't do a match anymore. Uh, well, you know what? Let's go back to WrestleMania 36 for our next one. <laughs> Your clue is prototype. This is uh, this is where uh, the fiend murders John Cena, never to be seen again. <laughs> Correct. You got it on your first take. It is the Firefly Funhouse match, which is listed as a match. I'm not sure how it ended, if it ended, what happened. Yeah, I I actually like this one. I remember speaking to you about this at the time. I like this one more than the Undertaker one. I know it got mixed reviews, but I thought this one was kind of interesting, at least. You 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 are able to get a John Cena NWO figure now because of that match. So. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's also weird. I forgot that was the same WrestleMania, just the other, the separate day. Like that's weird. <laughs> it is a little weird, but it's also, I mean, it, it kind of fit the whole, you know, empty arena WrestleMania thing. <laughs> Next up, keyword number one is Vince. Ooh, that's a that's a wrought keyword at this point. I'm gonna pass. <laughs> Next keyword is brother love. Oh, is this the um? Oh, this was a weird one. Is this like Money in the Bank where they climb the building or whatever? <laughs> yep, this is Money in the Bank where uh, we fought through all of Titan Towers. Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black were murdered yes, in the end get, of this match. Thrown off the roof. <laughs> this was also and, a lot of fun and something that I never want to see again. Yeah, no, this was fun. I like this one because it had a real like video game feel of having to go up the floors right, of, exactly. of Titan Towers. Yeah. But, and then they had to explain, like, two weeks later that Aleister Black just landed on a different roof when he was thrown off the Right, building. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got two more. First up, it's a 100-yard suplex. Um. Oh, is this the uh, stadium stampede? That is a stadium stampede, which was a great match. Yeah, the the uh, the ending of that one was fun, where he kind of he gives him the one-winged angel, like, like off a tarp into like a, like a football pit or something. Yeah, that was great. We don't talk about it, but we were present for the second stadium stampede. That is which true. Was you, fun also. Yes, you can you can see us on the uh, on the feed where when Jericho's about to throw MJF off the the roof or whatever. <laughs> and finally, this is the most forgotten cinematic match probably of all of them. So you're not going to remember it. We're just going to start with. DMD. DMD. What's in him? Oh, yeah. No, I do remember this. This is where they, <laughs> she fights, uh, what's her face, in a, in a dentist chair, right? <laughs> yep. This is the tooth and nail match versus Big Swole. Yes, I do remember. This was a terrible match. <laughs> it was one of the worst cinematic matches, which is amazing when you know that these are edited. Like, yeah, it was they, bad. They shouldn't be bad. No, yeah, th- that was a really bad match. It was, it was a bad idea, and it was just executed poorly, and uh, <laughs> they probably should have scrapped the whole thing. That's what we did. You did pretty uh, mediocre, but you know yeah. what? We'll go back into editing, just like a cinematic match, that's, and you have done great. That's what you do. <laughs> Costume changes and uh, everything. <laughs> With that being said, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling healthy. There's no way that your next pick 
is going to bring me down. Oh, definitely not. And and in part because, as the listeners know, when I pick a movie, I like to reveal a little bit about my co-host, Chris Kramer. And one thing the listeners may not know is that Kramer is an avid dancer. <laughs> he's he's I mean, he's got a lot of moves. He it's part of his everyday life. Uh, even during our show, we edit it out. But very often we have to take three or four minute dance breaks just because he likes to to you know work on some new moves while we're recording. And so because of that. One of his favorite workers and consequently gimmicks was when Carmella would do her five second dance breaks at pay-per-views. He loved it. So as a special treat to Kramer, we're going to be watching a movie starring Carmella's new husband, Corey Graves. <laughs> and we are watching 2011's Kingdom of Gladiators. This isn't a fucking movie. Stop this. This man's not been in a movie. Kramer, not only is it a movie, but you'll be glad to know that you can watch it along with the dude because it is on Tubi. Um, Tubi has become the greatest tool of this podcast. Tubi has no has no has no feelings about quality. They will take anything. I got I got stuck in a Tubi hole after watching uh <laughs> watching this movie or you know whatever COVID nineteen last night. There is so much shit on Tubi. And I don't understand how it exists. Like, what the? F- Why is Tubi? It's it's. I cannot understand it. Like they had. So they have all these like r- random movies, and they have some real movies, and they have stuff like they have George Carlin's entire HBO catalog on Tubi. What the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, it is. If you have, go get it, everyone. It's free. And it is fascinating. It really what you can is. find on Tubi. It's it's remarkable. It's I, I I can't understand it. But anyway, while you get Tubi, be sure to watch Kingdom of Gladiators, starring. This isn't Corey a Graves. real film. I thought we were about to do a Carmella movie, which also would have shocked me. But this is even more shocking. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if Carmella's ever had a had a real highlighted role in a film, but but her husband is is apparently a movie star, so it's, oh, it's going to be huge. I'm excited. No, I'm not. <laughs> Well, uh, you should be excited. Uh, you should also be getting Tubi um, and Freevee. We do Freevee a lot, too. <laughs> um, until you watch Kingdom of Gladiators on Tubi with the ads included, you can follow us on Instagram at movie.marks or on Twitter at movie underscore marks. We are going to put up some uh, some Big Daddy cool stuff on the gram. Definitely the tree shot. This, this Folks, this is such a weird movie that we watched today. So just... There's not a lot of visually interesting stuff, but this movie was fucking weird. Just leave, If you leave with one thing today, leave with that knowledge. <laughs> um, like, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you're listening to your podcast now. Some of our bumper and intro music is by Ryan Sinisi. You should Google and check him out. If you have suggestions for movies we should cover, comments on a movie we've done. If you're an executive at Tubi and you want to give us money for how much we're saying your, your, your company's name, email us at themoviemarks at gmail.com. And, of course, we are actively seeking corporate sponsorship, so we're looking for Tubi. Uh, this movie had no sponsors, so, I don't I mean, I guess uh, safety goggles that wouldn't have protect, protected you from a airborne virus. Maybe we could sponsor that. I don't know. But that does it for us here. Until next time, I'm Chris Sacco. I'm Chris Kramer, and we're the Movie Marks. Hi, I'm Kevin Nash. I hope you enjoy this trailer. If not, it'll be the last film you ever watch.